In this episode of Octal FM, we discuss voice-activated home assistants, what they are, how they work, and where we think the technology is going in the future. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Jalada and I'm joined as ever by the wonderful Sefran. Hello. And today we're talking about voice-activated home assistants. That's the name we came up with them at least anyway. I think it's worth starting by defining what those actually are because I was surprised when I was asking around with some friends. Uh, I said, oh, like we're talking about, you know, these things on, on Octal FM. And they were like, what are they? Like, what, what, what do you mean? Which was really interesting because it's obvious to me, but then that's because I follow tech news a lot. But we're talking about internet-connected Bluetooth speakers, essentially. And the one that you may have heard of is called Amazon Echo, which is kind of like a... What would you describe it looking like, Seth? Um, It's kind of like one of those Bluetooth speakers you can buy now for your phone that you kind of carry around with you. Um, I don't know, otherwise maybe... Like a big microphone, essentially. That's kind of the, the, the kind of the black cylinder look they've gone for, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's Echo itself is a tall, yeah, like a tall cylinder. And Google Home is the other one that's just been announced, which is kind of similar, but smaller. It's a bit more kind of uh, traditionally funky looking, a bit Apple-like almost, despite it being Yeah. And, but basically what they are is a Bluetooth speaker, like you say, like what you can already buy for your phone or anything. But they also include some rather clever microphones. And those microphones allow it to be activated and used by speaking. Just so you've got it in your in your room, in your house. It's in the corner or on the worktop or whatever. And you use a key phrase which activates the speaker and then you can speak to it. It's very similar to the way in which your phone currently works now, like, say, using Siri or uh, Google Now or Google Assistant, I think, is being renamed. Um, Very similar kind of uses as well, uh, some slightly differences that we'll go on to. But think of it as in a phone with those abilities on it that doesn't move, that is always there for you, wherever you are. Yeah, and the key difference between... um one of these devices, one of these voice-activated home assistants, and something like Siri or Google Now on your phone, is that these are in your house, which is very different to something that you're carrying around with you in your pocket, where you've got to get it out of your pocket. Maybe you're out and about in public, um, in which case it's kind of socially awkward to ask your phone to do something. Um, And And often also it's slower than actually just typing on your phone. By the time you've got your phone out, you know, it's sometimes easier to just open up the required app that you need or search on Google or whatever. Whereas in your home, you're maybe sat on the sofa or you're in the kitchen cooking or something like that. And you, you know, you can just speak and you don't need to go and find your phone. And I think one of the primary differences between those two is, as you say, is the fact that they're always there for you. You don't have to pull them out of your pocket, um, which is very useful in a static environment. So, for example, like the kitchen, if you've got sticky fingers, you know, you've been making something, you know, in the kitchen, you don't want to be able to pull your phone out because you're going to get your phone all messy. So you just say, you know, okay, Google, or uh, what's the other one for Alexa? 
It is just Alexa, oh, I believe. Unless Alexa. if you um if you have someone in the house called Alexa, then you can change it to I think previously it was just Amazon, but I think now you can also say Echo. Oh right, okay. To just in case, because that would be quite awkward. <laughs> that would be really awkward if you had someone in the house called Alexa. But essentially, that's the idea behind them. They're a, a, a personal assistant that's voice activated at the end of the day. We've started to see these internet connected Bluetooth speakers since the end of 2014. That was when Amazon Echo came out. And the reason for that is because a bunch of technologies have kind of all come together at the same time. One of them is the clever positional microphones in the devices. So they use an array of microphones, not just one microphone. And that's because you can't have a speaker that is also a microphone because if it's playing music, it's only ever going to be able to pick up the music it's playing because that's the closest thing to the microphones. So instead they use a combination of clever sort of signal processing to cancel out whatever they're playing, but also some directional microphones, which means that it can kind of focus on where your voice is coming from because they're omnidirectional in that it's all around the device. So you, you, you could have it sort of, not that you would, it would be kind of odd, I guess, but you could have it in the very center of your room and it would work all the way around. But also it can pinpoint where you're speaking from to cut out other background noise. Which is very clever and very useful um, being able to use the technology in such a way. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, which I personally think is most key, is that we've got more ubiquitous, fast, low latency. And what I mean by that is that you, when you're communicating back and forth, um, it's quick, but fast and low latency internet. Because in order for these devices to, to actually be, you know, to work well and to be performant, you need a fast internet connection. You need a low latency internet connection because you've got your speech and the responses and the calculations in between all needs to happen. And if it's too slow, it's going to be rubbish. It comes back in a way to that argument about Siri and Google Now on your phone. Those services are very frustrating to use if you have a bad internet connection. If you've only got like low signal 3G or even worse edge or something like that. In fact, I'm not even sure that Siri will even work over edge. I have a feeling it might tell you don't even try if you try and use it. That or it would just try and use it as a basic search rather than trying to be a back and forth conversation, which is what the whole point of this is. Yeah, exactly. And and by the time, if you've got a bad internet connection, then by the time you've spoken and it's sat there for five to 10 seconds waiting for a response back because your internet's bad, then it's just defeated the purpose. By then you could have washed your hands and checked on your phone or whatever it is that you need to do. And that seems to be where they're going with it as well. They seem to want to have that more natural conversation with the device itself rather than it being a voice-to-text search engine. And that's another one of the reasons why these kind of devices become a bit more prevalent now is the improvements in voice recognition technology. Uh, We're finding more and more... Uh, companies able to have very high level sophisticated technology which allows them to pick out whether the conversation is a question whether there is an intended silence or whether that's the end of the conversation itself it'll be able to add context to what's being said at the same time and if you go back maybe just five ten years ago although the kind of voice recognition was a thing you know you could say on to a light switch and it would turn on uh, it couldn't really understand a conversation like you would naturally have with say siri or google now today Having that fast computing power to be able to 
solve those hard problems because voice recognition and natural language processing in the world of computer science and, and mathematics, they are what's known as hard problems, which means, and it sounds weird, but what that basically means is that it's not a problem that can be solved by a computer easily. It's That's in contrast to you or I. When someone speaks to us, we can understand what they're saying very easily. It just comes naturally to us. But a computer can't do that. And it doesn't matter how hard you try, it doesn't matter what you do, that will never be easy for a computer because computers deal in maths and algorithms. And the only way for it to be able to understand you is just by simply crunching the numbers over and over and over again until it comes to a almost definite uh, decision on what you've actually said. Exactly. It's always guessing. It's always guessing. Um, and the more guesses it can do and the more sort of like estimating it can do quickly, the better it can be. So that's what's allowed these devices to kind of like raise to prevalence the past like year or two. And it looks like they're not going to be stopping anytime soon either. Uh, with Google Home now being announced and coming out relatively shortly. Uh, and Amazon's Alexa being able to be used on other third party platforms as well, which is all really, really interesting. I can see the floodgates now being open. The devices becoming a lot more widespread. And you might even find, say, generic uh, media companies like, for example, in the UK, Sky and Virgin and BT packaging these in with their... Uh, with their already existing, say, internet packages, TV packages, that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. I guess you may also see other companies as well building on these platforms to make their own products, as you say, and also companies like Apple and Microsoft. I mean, they already have this to some extent. They have, because they have the voice assistants like Siri, because we've forgotten Cortana. Yeah, we haven't really mentioned Cortana. How could we forget Cortana? (laughs) Possibly because Windows is, you know, you've got access to a keyboard, why would you just type it out? Yeah, exactly. I I would be amazed if Microsoft and Apple aren't making similar devices to Echo and Google Home. I mean, it would surprise me a lot, considering how much both um, Siri and Cortana were advertised as being this kind of like leading technology, being able to discuss things with your computer. Now, with all the companies vying for your attention with these devices, and soon to be many, many more what these devices actually do that's the other interesting uh, interesting thing so think of them doing kind of whatever you can imagine your phone currently doing so for example googling a question or telling you what like the weather is that kind of thing um, but they're also a little bit more interesting than that aren't they unlike things like siri and google now on your phone these are permanent fixtures in your house and so there are some interesting extra things that they can do that don't make so much sense when it's on your phone For example, obviously, first of all, they themselves are speakers. So that means that they can play music. You can control the volume of that music, obviously. Um, And, you know, it's useful to be able to tell it to play music from blah, blah, blah. You know, turn the volume up, pause the music, that kind of thing. But they can also control other smart devices in your home, which are becoming a lot more prevalent. So, for example, if you have a internet connected thermostat like a nest or a tardo or something like that you can tell alexa or google now to turn on the heating or turn up the air conditioning or whatever things like that and then even devices such as your lights if you've got internet connected lights which i always think is a little bit odd i feel like that's a a market that's been invented by companies feels very unnecessary I mean, they have always existed in some sense in that you've always had remote controlled lights. Like clap lights and stuff, yeah. I discovered the other day that the lights in our house, in the living room, 
the dimmer switch is really odd and it's got a little circle on it and it turns out that that circle is an infrared sensor no idea where the remote is but if i hold up my tv remote to it and jam enough buttons eventually the lights turn off that's very peculiar <laughs> why would you need a remote okay moving on but yeah that that's one of the interesting things that these devices can do they can now be integrated more with the actual with your modern smart home as they they can't like to bandy that word around a lot and there's no reason these devices couldn't necessarily interact with other devices as well, such as your TV. You could just simply tell it to turn your television on or, you know, play the news or something along those lines. So that's where the personal assistant side of the voice speakers comes into rather than just it being a speaker for music. Yeah, or something that just you ask it a question and it answers with the answer off Wikipedia. It's actually performing actions based on what you ask. Which is useful, but also slightly gimmicky, which probably doesn't integrate very well into your modern household anymore. Yeah. And also, obviously, these devices can tie in with other features or other services that the manufacturer provides, which is probably always going to be exclusive to their own device. For example, the Amazon Echo can order things on Amazon for you. You can ask it to order me some Cadbury cream eggs or something and it'll order Cadbury cream eggs for you. What's interesting though is that uh, although Amazon obviously want you to use their own services, it is um, the case that you can use third-party services on the Echo itself. So for example, Spotify can be used using the Echo. With Google, however, they have obviously a lot more first-party apps already well entrenched into a lot of people's digital lives. So most people with an Android phone will already get, make good use of, say, the, the Gmail accounts, Google Mail accounts, the Google Calendar stuff. Um, I, for example, use Google Maps a lot. It's my primary phone for, you know, purpose of GPS. And it's also just useful to use if you're not sure where something is or trying to get directions to someone. Uh, and that can all be integrated into the speaker itself. So you could just simply say, okay, Google, tell me what the traffic's like on my route to work. And it will know what your route to work is because it already knows your Google map history. Uh, and then it can check the GPS signals in the traffic report section uh, for those roads and tell you what it is, which is very, very useful. Uh, being able to say, set my calendar so that I have a meeting with, you know, Gelada for the, the next Monday so we can do the next recording session. Again, you can just add it straight to my calendar, and then equally so, if I've got my calendar shared with you, you'll then see what I've just added. All of this without having to come and sit down at my computer and type that out, or get my phone out and tap it in on a relatively small screen. And actually, adding an event to a calendar is quite a fiddly process, even on a phone. It's not the simplest thing, so being able to do that by speaking is actually kind of useful. <laughs> yeah, and if it needs to know more information, because it's a relatively smart speaker, pardon the use of the overuse of the word smart in this uh, this discussion, it'll ask you maybe some extra questions. If it doesn't know something, it's like, when do you want it to start? When do you want it to finish? Where is that location going to be? Maybe it needs to know these things. Maybe it doesn't. You just say, no, just book this, or you can be more specific. It's very, very useful. Mm. So with all this said, these are all the things that these devices can do. Um, and you're probably thinking, this sounds amazing. I really want one. And it's definitely worth talking a little bit about how they work and understanding how they work. Although we talked about all these advancements in technology, these devices are still, relatively speaking, quite dumb. So you may think that they are processing your voice on this device itself, but actually Apart from the hot word or the hot phrase, so to speak, so whether that's Alexa or OK Google, once you say that, everything that you say from then on is sent as a recording to 
Amazon or Google or whoever owns the device for analysis, they then use lots and lots of servers with lots more power than your Bluetooth speaker, essentially, to calculate what you've said and then from that work out the intention of what you're saying, whether you're asking it to turn the music up or you're asking it to order you a pizza, and then processes that and then sends the result back to the speaker, which can then convert that into speech. And this solves the problem we touched on earlier, that voice recognition is what they call a hard problem, a hard computing problem, where your little speaker obviously can't have the computer power required to it, but the cloud has basically infinite amounts of computing power. Um, so this bypasses those issues, and one of the upsides of that, of course, is it also reduces the price. A item that doesn't have to have very much computing power will obviously be a lot cheaper to manufacture and thus sell and get more into more people's hands than having a device that would cost you, say, the same amount of money as your smartphone. Well, or, or even more. I mean, I would imagine that the, you know, when your voice is sent off to a server, those servers are probably more powerful than uh, a reasonably high-end gaming PC, like each of those servers. So we're talking, if not if not more than that, like we're talking serious computing power to, to perform these results, way more than even just your phone. This also allows there to be a lot more openness in apps that can be used or functionalities added to the device. Rather than having to try and update your device every single time they want to add a new functionality to the voice itself, you just simply ask a different question and it will give you a more varied answer next time because the servers at the other end have been added too. It also allows streaming down updates to maybe firmware to make them, say, more cost and power efficient or to make them more sensitive or less sensitive, as the case may be, to be very easy as well. It allows these companies, be Amazon or Google and the third-party people that they hire to do all this stuff, uh, to be a lot more in control of their devices. And the device kind of becomes a portal to the service that they provide. But obviously, the device does still do stuff. If it's playing music, then that's it connecting to your your music, whether that's Amazon Prime Music or Spotify or whatever it is, it's got to be retrieving that music. But the interaction, the voice interaction, that calculation, that back and forth is sent out to the internet and back every time. And so that's really where one of the key issues, well, issues is kind of a, a, maybe a strong word. It depends on your view, but one sticking of the points. key, yeah, one of the key sticking points about these products is that the company that owns the device or the company that owns the platform is getting recordings of what you say and not just recordings of what you say, but also a general recording of your house at the time. And these microphones are in a sense always on because they're always listening for that hot word, Alexa or OK Google or whatever it is. Now, they're not always communicating back. They only start communicating back when they detect that first word or that phrase, but they still are in some way always listening. They're always doing some noise reduction. They're always trying to work out if you're saying something or not, if you're talking to it, you know, there, there's always calculation going on there. And that leads into the possibility of maybe those parent companies forcibly activating the device from an external source, bypassing the requirement to have the hot word said and the device just always recording. And yeah, I think that's an important point. I don't... I don't necessarily know how well Amazon or Google um, advertise the fact that that's how it works. You know, I think that they give the illusion perhaps that it, that more is being done on the device than actually is, because also they permanently will store all of the recordings that they capture because they actually 
they do genuinely need it for their algorithms. It, it vastly helps their algorithms and their calculations if they know everything that you've said to the device before. Um, the disadvantage of that is that somewhere they're stored um, and they could be recalled. Now, whether or not those uh, voice files are stored in their audio format or in their um, speech-to-text format or both potentially, that depends on the actual company running the, the, the platform to begin with. But you can definitely access them. I, I've already been told and read online that you can access your uh, your Google Now uh, request, for example. You can sign in, you log into Google, you can go to your history of your Google Now, and it'll say, these are all the things you've said in like a text format. So I don't see why that wouldn't necessarily be the case for, for, for Amazon, the Alexa, and every other kind of device that comes afterwards. Now, the problem then comes with that is that how far are you allowed to know what they've got? How far are you allowed to delete what they've got? Because you can delete your current search history, but does that delete the original audio files or does it only delete the actual um, speech-to-text search results? Mm, you never really know. Um, and there's definitely the real risk that these things could be switched on. to be. You're essentially voluntarily bugging your home. But I put the question to you, how bad do you think that is? Because I, because I think you have some thoughts on this. I mean, we live in the modern world where, for the most part, if you are accepting this technology into your home to begin with, you're not being mandated to take this technology into your home, um, you know, then you've got to expect this this potential level of problem, problem. But at the same time, maybe you should also understand that it's not the parent's company's fault if people have these... I don't want to say paranoid because that's quite a negative thing, but maybe just privacy concerns, you know. These are concerns that could potentially happen. Um, it is all within the realm of possibility, but is it maybe just a bit too conspiratorial? Mm, I think you're right. I think people do at least need to understand the risks. I think you brought up an interesting point earlier, which is that in some ways you've already accepted this because we all have phones that are connected to the internet and that have microphones. So actually, you know, and we're surrounded by devices that could be theoretically switched on at any time. And that's not even a new thing. Everyone's always carried mobile phones around in their pockets. And, you know, you could th theoretically Nokia back in the day could have had a back door that allowed them over the ordinary cellular network to switch on devices that are in people's pockets to record. I don't actually know if that was a thing or not, but it may, it may have been a thing. I'm Who sure knows? it could have been. I mean, if Hollywood <laughs> movies have taught me anything, you could listen into anyone's conversations. <laughs> exactly. For the most part, I don't think that these devices are going to be the be-all and end-all of the privacy issue. They are just an extension of what already exists for the most part. And although there is definitely areas of concern, maybe regarding hacking, for example, uh, it doesn't stop people necessarily being able to use some exploit within either the devices themselves, because obviously they have to be wireless, which means they're almost certainly wireless accessible, um, or maybe through the channels of which they send that data back to the third party who then does all the voice recognition. If at any point that can kind of be intercepted or messed with, I'm sure it could be used for nefarious purposes. That's very true, actually. I read an article that said that a security consultant, which doesn't mean that they're qualified to say anything, but let's just pretend that they are, said that the Amazon Echo was reasonably well protected and was a well-built Internet of Things device. But you hear so many stories about badly written and insecure IoT devices. Internet-connected cameras is just the classic one that has been around since the Internet. People that have got cameras in their home that they didn't realize were insecure or had some kind of vulnerability that meant that anyone on the Internet could access them. 
these devices are definitely at risk from that, are definitely at risk from from people switching on their recording capabilities via some exploits. There's also a sort of more social exploit, which is that these things will accept Amazon for Amazon Echo, for example, will order things for you, which can be not necessarily that um, scary kind of the government is watching you, but more just irritating or a, or a nasty prank. I've seen a few people on the internet have the idea of recording a hit song that says, you know, Alexa, buy this album or something like that. So that when, if anyone ever plays their music, it just automatically buys that track. <laughs> Those kind of like automatic design for ease of use features are definitely open to uh, exploitation, um, both from a kind of a, like a relatively silly, unimportant, unassuming manner, but also from something that maybe is a little bit more serious. Yeah, definitely. Especially if these devices are also connected to other devices in your home, like your heating and your air conditioning, like that could become more serious. I can't think of a serious example, but it could. Um, you could potentially start a fire if you could switch on a kettle that had no water in or something like that. Something along those lines, or you could just simply turn the heating up or down too much in someone's house. And if that person potentially has medical issues where they have to have the house at a certain temperature because, you know, whatever, then that could potentially be compromised. Now, you could argue, well, if that's the case where it's such an important part of their health, then they wouldn't have one of these devices. But... This isn't the kind of thing you'd necessarily think. You think, oh, this is going to be a cool little device that's going to sit in my house and going to make my life that much easier when I'm trying to, say, you know, order my shopping next time or play my, play my music. And I think some of those exploits, those sort of social ones, can be solved by just decent user experience design, like ordering things on Amazon Echo. It's like, well, you just have a day cooling off where you get notified by email that someone's ordered something, but the order doesn't. The order actually takes a whole day to go through. I think you can also already enable a voice active, uh, like a voice code. So if you try and order something, it then says, please speak your code to confirm the order. And you're, in that instance as well, you can also add some extra level of protection where your voice pattern itself is your password. Yeah, I think it may be already meant to do that. I, I saw someone say that it does that, but I don't know. That feels a little bit beyond current technology. I, I mean, might be wrong. You say that, but I mean, my bank made me set one up only earlier the month. Oh, really? Um, they, I think there were six other people calling up that I forgot my password thing, because let's face it, who remembers the bank password? Uh, <laughs> and they've set it up so that now your voice is your password. You say that five times into the phone itself, it then do saves you, wait, that. Wait, no. Yeah, no. no. Do you actually do that? You actually say, my voice is my password. Yeah, no, honestly, Identify I, I, that's me. what I've had to <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I had to say. I, I called up the HSBC uh, helpline, <laughs> trying to set my. I was trying to change my my home address. To be honest with you, because uh, my my address changed relatively recently, and it said, "Do you want to set up your, uh, your voice password?" I was like, "Well, yeah, why not? I'm not in a rush." And it said, "Please say the phrase my voice is my password' after each beep." And I did five times. And now, if I want to sign in rather than just say a load of stupid like words or tap in a stupid code or something, I just say my voice is my password twice, and it does it. Is that over the phone or just on the internet? Over the phone. But phone quality is so bad. Well, I mean, they must believe in it and it's a bank, so... (laughs) Wow. Privacy issues are always going to be there, unfortunately, I think. Even if it's not necessarily about these um, personal assistant voice speakers, um, I think regardless of what the device is, there's going to be some level of potential privacy risk. Uh, and I think that just comes hand in hand with the moving forward of integrated technology into the home. And I don't think you can really easily avoid that without just not using that technology to begin with. 
definitely. I think you're right. And also as we're, we're bringing these corporations into our house, you know, you just have to accept that there's, you're, there's some trade-offs there, but it's the convenience, right? Like it's always a trade-off between convenience of course and there privacy. Is. And let's face it, as time marches on, these features and these conveniences are going to grow and grow as well. But for the most part, the privacy issues are mostly going to remain the same. The, like we've discussed earlier, these uh, these platforms can always be updated. They can always be improved on and, and features added to them. For example, at the moment, Amazon Echo can't interrupt you. You speak to it and that activates it. And apart from something simple like an alarm, it doesn't do anything in particular on its own. But there's no reason why eventually something like that could intelligently interrupt you. It could detect when there is silence, when no one's saying anything, and interrupt you to say, hey, there's traffic on your route to work, you should probably leave now. And it could also use that in combination with some kind of presence detection, whether that's based on people talking or not, or other devices in your in your house. Um, for example, if you wear um, a smartwatch or you have a, a smartphone, it could potentially detect when that device is still in the house or in the vicinity to know whether to tell you that you need to leave the house and you're, you know, you're late, you're going to be late for work if you don't leave right now. And also that itself could be improved as well. And I think that this is probably the strongest sort of next step for this kind of technology is making it ubiquitous in the home, right? Well, that makes sense. I mean, at the moment, you've got one device, one microphone within that device, so it only works within that one room. But you've got a phone in your pocket that essentially acts as a little receiver telling the device where you are at all times, for the most part. Um, maybe rather than having one device, in future they bundle one primary device and many smaller devices that are only acting as microphones that connect back to the main device. Uh, and you can place those throughout your house. They then pick up where they, where your phone is in vicinity to all of those and then activates the microphone and speaker on the small device and then that's it. It's kind of that sort of Iron Man style of system where you're walking around and something, a mysterious speaker is always speaking to I you. I think for the most part, although it sounds a bit sci-fi, something along the lines of, say, Jarvis out of Iron Man or the computer out of Star Trek is not necessarily that far-fetched. Obviously, it can't work in the same social situations that they talk to it in those kind of sci-fi shows, but the ubiquitousness of it in your life and in your home is probably about going to be right. Like, maybe given... kind of further refining the technology because most part the technology doesn't need to change there doesn't need to be some massively new invention it's just a case of making it work better and making it work more efficiently yeah and making it cheaper so that you can buy three of them and have them all in your house in different areas you know in different rooms absolutely that would also allow you to integrate all those devices with your house itself. So, for example, we've touched on certain devices that you have on your time, like your smartphone. But what's to say they can't interact with, say, your personal computer or your television or maybe your light system or your heating system, as we mentioned earlier. All these things can be linked into one kind of big home system that you can control through your voice. It knows where you are. Hell, if you've got GPS on your phone, it would know where you are. It will know how long it'll take till you get home. Maybe it turns the heating on for you when you get home so that you don't have to worry about it when you get there. Your house will be nice and warm. To some extent, that already exists. If you have a Nest or something like that, you don't even need um, one of these devices to do Oh, I mean, fair enough. And that's something that maybe they could just integrate all that technology that's already existing then into one existing platform then, like the Echo. And it can all work under one banner and everything works just with your command of your voice. So, Seth, do you think you'll be 
be buying one of these? Amazon Echo or Google Home? It'd be Google Home, right? Because you've got a... You've yeah, got a I guess phone. I would go with the Google-based product because it would just integrate integrate properly with my uh, my Android phone much more easily. I'm not against the idea necessarily. I just think for the most part that the technology currently is more show and gimmick than it is actual use. I feel I can probably gain most of what it does from just picking my phone out of my pocket or going over and turning my lights on. Unless it became significantly cheaper or maybe the platform came bundled with, say, a smartphone or perhaps maybe media providers like in the UK, thinking people like BT or Sky, maybe bundle this with their media packages for your television or your internet packages. Uh, I just don't see it really being... I don't see it taking off in the same way the smartphone revolution took off or the tablet revolution took off. I can see this just being a gimmick for tech lovers and people with a decent amount of expendable income that want to just have something cool in their home. And also people that already have a lot of devices or services that they use that integrate with these. I do agree that it feels like it lacks something that would make it indispensable in the same way that Siri and Google now they don't form an indispensable part of your life. Your smartphone does. You know, your smartphone is indispensable, but Siri isn't. And I don't think that even having something permanently in your house, it's still not yet at that indispensable point. I think exactly the same as you, which is that they're cool and it's interesting. And maybe there's a couple of neat uses for it day to day, but it's not something that you're going to be like, I cannot now live without my Amazon Echo. I want one in every room because... I use it all the time and it needs to Definitely. be everywhere. I think interesting technology, some privacy issues, for the most part, superfluous. But you, the listener, should get in touch, especially if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home device and it's become indispensable in your life because it would be, neither of us actually have one. So it would be interesting to know um, someone else's viewpoint where they're like, no, no, I, I, I can't live without my Amazon Echo. But also let us know what you think in regards to, say, something like the privacy issue, because obviously that's a much wider issue overall, not just necessarily with these personal speakers. And maybe you can tell us what you think about that. If you want to give us like a long-winded conspiratorial rant about why you think these are the end of the world, or whether or not you think they're a fantastic idea and the corporation should be very much part of our daily lives, let us know. <laughs> I love that end, that end bit. <laughs> let's let all the corporations in yes you can email us with those rants at show at octal fm or if it's a shorter rant then you can get in touch with us on twitter which is at octal fm and also it really helps us a lot if you rate and review us on the itunes store that makes a big difference so if you do that then we promise maybe to read it out on an episode at some point so long as you don't say anything nasty about us (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was our thoughts on always on microphones and the uh, personal voice assistance that you have. Let us know what you think and we shall have another discussion to have next time. Yeah, what is an Amazon... Wait, wait, hang on, I shouldn't be asking that question. What is an Amazon Echo, he says. (laughs) As he's about to do into an episode. It would be funny, actually, if one of us had an Amazon Echo and then we were talking about this and we were like, you know, you can say things like, Alexa, book me an Uber. And then <laughs> What time would you like, like it booked Uber for? on its way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gelada and I'm joined by the... Uh, that wasn't what I was going to say. I had it in my head and then it... Do you want to restart? 
Yeah. Okay, reset. <laughs> like, full just... time now. <laughs> I'm just going to take the collar off the cat because I can hear it jingling and I know <laughs> that the microphone picks it up. Come here, Derek. <laughs> Hello, Derek. Although I can understand the privacy issues with it, I don't think these particular devices are... There's my phone chiming in with its little... <laughs> it's, it's the government going, stop talking! Do not stop. Please encourage them more. Encourage them more. Make them accept <laughs> everything. Buy Amazon Echo. Buy Amazon Echo. I'll do.